This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my sweatered co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> it's a, it's a balmy it? 69 degrees here, so I had to put it's on a 69. sweater. Well, it was 40 degrees this morning. Like, we're really cold here. It's cold. We should br- break yeah. out the parkas. Like I do have, I have what I call my marshmallow, my stay puff jacket. It looks like, I look like okay. a big marshmallow in it. Yeah. My arms don't even go down all the way. <laughs> it's so puffy. Oh my gosh. So puffy vest, if anybody watches Succession, there is a line there done by Roman, who is like giving Tom, one of the characters, a hard time. He's like, oh, that's a nice puffy vest. What is it filled with? Your hopes and dreams. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, Ouch. It's so, it's so mean. It's so mean. And you have to watch the show to be like, oh my goodness. Like, it's just, but, um. But yeah, that's what reminds me of when I hear Puffy Vest. And now oh I have gosh. Roman Roy in my head. Oh my goodness. Kieran Culkin does it phenomenally, though. That show is like unbelievable, the stuff that they do on it. But oh, I, ha- I have to watch that because I do like uh, his work. He he does a lot of really good stuff. I find him on a lot of like the um, kind of indie movies that aren't he is. that big. He is on a so, lot of the indie movies. He and, does, he- and he does a great job. He does. And Roman Roy is the most disgusting character ever. Like you would like judge him so hard as a human being. And yet you kind of <laughs> like him because he's very witty. And it's really this contrast. And, oh, my goodness. But I can get off on a tangent on that. Uh, having a phenomenal guest for you today, uh, all about anxiety and how we can help our kids deal with anxiety. Oh, it there's is so much anxiety right now. So much, so much anxiety. Going around. Uh, Regine Galanti is the founder of Long Island Behavioral Psychology, a private practice in New York, and she's the author of Anxiety Relief for Teens, which is how I found her. We got this book for my daughter, and it was phenomenal. And she also has a book for younger kids called When Harley Has Anxiety. She specializes in helping kids, teens, and parents manage anxiety through cognitive behavioral therapy and specifically giving them tools to help them face their fears. So we hope you enjoy our episode with Regine. 
You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you guys? I'm super excited to talk about this because there are so many kids right now struggling with anxiety, like in my house too. I've been diagnosed with anxiety. So like as a parent with anxiety, a lot of times, like I know the strategies that I've been taught that help me, but a lot of the times my kids don't listen to me. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Sounds like it's hard to be your kid's therapist. Yeah, you can't. You absolutely it's not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be your therapist. Okay, could you talk more about that? Because I think like there's a lot of shame among moms that they should be able to fix their issues. And I really like what you said about like you're not supposed to be your kid's therapist. I can totally talk more about that. That's a really good point. Like, because I think like you just said, well, okay, sorry. We'll get into that when we're talking. First, for everyone who hasn't heard of you, can you tell us a little bit about you and your story? So I specialize in child anxiety um, and I opened my practice, I don't know how long ago, but I always was interested in anxiety because honestly, I'm like a very fix it based person. I like to be able to fix problems and anxiety is amazing because there are these research-based skills that really work if you know them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and it's also one of those things that's so clear if it's not your anxiety, that is not true. Like, no, the house is not going to burn down. The plane is not going to fall out of the sky. Like the dog is not going to bite your head off. Like I could talk your ear off on planes falling out of the sky, Regine. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, you know, your own fears are so large and so realistic, but other people's fears are so obviously false. It's like, why don't you just get over that? So I love the idea of being able to, just take this pain that people are feeling and just help them manage it better. But I also really like kids. So I kind of shifted from an adult therapist to a teen therapist to a, like, now I'll take, I'll see kids as young as they come. So I do a lot of parenting work too. And yeah, I treat a lot of anxiety and OCD and I write books on the side, I guess, and <laughs> try to manage my own kids and that's what it is. <laughs> okay. So, so you're just like all of us, all of us trying to get through the day, except for yeah. you have some really great skills in helping us with our anxiety, but they don't always work because I don't always use them because I'm human too. So that's the other thing too. I might know the right skills, but that doesn't mean I'm always using them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's the hard part. We talk about that all the time and having like, when you, when you have skills in a certain area and you're not able to be perfect in that area, that little voice in your head is like, oh, maybe you're not as good as you thought about it, or you shouldn't be having this struggle because mm-hmm. you know all about this subject. And yeah. you know what? You're a liar. You're a liar, you're a liar little, little boy. Head voice. You are a liar. You're a liar. Yeah. Because it's, 
It's true though. I mean, I love hearing you say that, like having written a book of anxiety and specializing in this, that you're admitting that, oh, you know what? I don't use these all, all the time because you forget as a human and especially with your own kids. I love, I love how you said you shouldn't be your kid's therapist. Can you talk yeah. more about that? Like what are, what are the problems with even being your kid's therapist or trying to help them through those things? You know, it's totally great to help kids through things, but when I'm a therapist, it's a specialized kind of time. I'm sitting with a kid for 45 minutes and we're addressing a certain problem in a very systematic way. And when I'm home with my kids, I don't even know where I would find that time to mm. be their therapist if I wanted to. So yes, I'm there in a supportive role and I want them to learn those skills, but I'm not treating it that same way of like, let's sit down and do X, Y, and Z and hold you accountable in the same way. Because it's also in therapy, actually, we would call this a dual relationship. Like I'm not supposed to treat my friends <laughs> mm, exactly. um, because it's a weird role. Then are you treating me like a mom or are you treating me like a therapist right now? And how am I supposed to know? So, you know, like I, you're not supposed to be able to do it alone. I think. Okay. So I, I, I love that you said that too, because like growing up in my family, um, we didn't have counseling or therapy. Like my family. Yeah. Just, what's that? Yeah. They didn't believe in it. They're like, well, well, if you have problems, don't, can't you talk to your family about it? Well, in all fairness, like we grew up in the generation where like, yeah, you didn't go to therapy unless, but I had friends in therapy. I remember having, I had friends in high school in therapy. Oh, really? I, yeah. And it was like, it was a weird thing. It was like, it was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? I mean, that was the attitude. That's what I was getting at. Like I grew up in the Midwest and like all of us had major issues. All of my friends did, but we all just kept it, you know, tucked down because you didn't talk to your parents about it and you didn't Mm -hmm. go anywhere for it unless you were just really on the verge of like, I can't handle anything anymore. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like hearing about, especially that dual relationship, how it's like, you're not supposed to, as a parent, be able to fix all the things. It is okay to need outside help and it is okay to seek outside help because you as a therapist treat it in a completely different way than we can even begin to treat it at But home. there's that evil voice in your head, right? That tells you as a parent that you should be able to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But honestly, that's against what anxiety is because what anxiety is, is this uncertainty that mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. So you can't fix everything. Because that would require knowing everything. So as a parent and as like the kid experiencing anxiety, there's no magic fixable solution here. It's right. dealing in uncertainty, which yeah. like, is no certainty and no certainty. There's no, yes. there's no perfect path. There's no perfect path. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Bree here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. 
And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. What are some signs that kids and teens are struggling with anxiety? Like what are signs for parents to look out for? So I think what parents, I'll start with what parents think they should be looking out for. Mm-hmm. People think that you're going to expect a very shy kid who's literally just worried about a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll say that. I'm worried about this. And that is sometimes what we see, but anxiety, I like to think about it as there are three categories of symptoms. There's the thoughts. So those are the worries, but then you also have a physical reaction in your body and you have behaviors. So the physical reaction is that fight or flight response. So that's shaking or stomach aches or headaches. So physical symptoms are very common with younger kids and often not noticed. So these are parents who will end up taking their kids to the doctor and then the gastro and then the endocrinologist because something must be wrong. And there is something wrong, but it might be anxiety, which Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's all in your head. The problem is your head, your brain is inside your body. So you can have a lot of body symptoms also. Um, So there's those symptoms that I think are not necessarily recognized. And then the symptoms that I focus on in my practice are the behaviors. So I look for avoidance 
when we were talking about anxiety. I look for a kid who's just not doing the things that their peers are doing. So they don't want to go to school. They don't want to go to play dates. They're not necessarily saying, I'm anxious. I'm nervous about this. They're just saying, nope, not doing that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it even looks behavioral, right? Like it looks like a behavior problem because if you say, let's do this, you know, they'll throw something at you to avoid having to do the thing that they don't want to do. So it's not always, I'm afraid of this, but it is often, I am avoiding that emotion. And when I have to face it, I'm reacting badly. Mm, okay. So I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of stuff that I, I am seeing currently. Um, <laughs> like when you have, when you have a child who is doing those avoiding behaviors, whether it is saying you like the, nope, I am not going to go. And they like stand there and they scream at you or they, they throw something at somebody. What, what can you as the parent do when you probably recognize that it is due to anxiety, but you can't pull a therapist, but you can't pull a therapist. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And I don't want you to be your kid's therapist in that moment because it doesn't work. It doesn't even work for me in that moment. Honestly, like if a kid is in my office having that, I call it an anxiety tantrum or like I say their anxiety is throwing a tantrum because Mm -hmm. it is like, it's not them. It's their anxiety just freaking out and making them act in ways that are not them. Um, So, um, you know, that's why I think that it's important for parents to have kind of their own tools to be able to figure out what their plan is. Often when in the throes of it, like, nope, I'm not doing it. And I'm kind of like, um, like going to lose it on you. Mm -hmm. The best path for parents is to disengage because Mm -hmm. that's not a logical place, you know? No, (laughs) it's not a logical place to disengage because we, as parents, we want to make our kids feel better. Or you want to just make the scene stop. Yeah. Right. Like it's also that place of fear or causing anxiety for us that, oh my gosh, everyone's staring at me and they're all thinking I'm a terrible parent. Yeah. And you both hit the nail on the head of those two dimensions that parents like ping pong between it's either make them feel better or get them to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and often what I teach parents is to marry those messages. So, right. You have to validate your kid. You have to be able to say something like, I know this is hard for you. Like I know you're experiencing a lot. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is, And I know you can do it, right? That confidence that what they're dealing with is handleable. Mm -hmm. Um, So addressing the feeling and then promoting confidence in their abilities without shaming them and without like putting them down about their inability to do it now. And often what I tell parents is you use that kind of statement. um, I know this is hard for you. I know you can do this. And then you disengage. Like you're not back and forth. You're not getting, no, no, let's talk about this more. Let's, let's process it. It's then we're getting in the car and we're going like, I'll Mm -hmm. be there. Like you're, um, like, so I, I, so I hear the disengage. I know that my, like my tendency at that point, I'm like, what if you try this? What if you try that? Which is like the fixing thing. So say, say it's something that's happening at home, which I know homework is a huge struggle for kids, for families right now. And a lot of the thoughts that I have seen happen around homework is like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm so stupid at this. Like, uh, why isn't this coming easy to me? Like I've had these conversations and I know that those are the thoughts that are coming, um, from my child. And it's a huge huge blow up at that time because I'm guessing those thoughts, which are then leading to the behavior and the action. So when you say disengage and I'm here in the same house, Mm -hmm. what, like, how do I disengage that way where I can't like be like, we're going, let's go. 
Yeah. So it's not a leaving, but it's you disengaging from the process. So you give that kind of statement. Like, I know math is hard for you. It brings up those hard feelings. And I know you can do it. Do three problems. And then I'm happy to talk to you about it. And then you put it on the table and you, you know, make sure the electronics are off. You set the limit and then you go do something else. Okay. That's it. Good. I have to put in some headphones. Yeah, <laughs> right. headphones yeah. are fine. Yeah. You know, I always tell parents, you can always take, put yourself in time out is a really active parenting strategy. If you need a minute, bathrooms have locks. I <laughs> lock yourself in the bathroom and do what you need to do to get yourself regulated so that you can kind of be regulated for your kid. We, we coach parents and it's funny. The bathroom thing is something I tell moms to do a lot. I'm like, yeah. go to the bathroom. And then the phrase, um, I need to go get something over here. <laughs> Mine used to my, my getaway. I, I don't know why I did this and I don't know why it worked, but I would go out to my garage and I would get in my car and I would just turn on the radio in the car because for some reason being in the car was enough that I, I couldn't hear anything. I, I would turn on the radio, mm -hmm. and, but for some reason, my kids were like, Whoa, dude, once mom gets in the car, Whoa, <laughs> she's well, past the point of no return. Now <laughs> that is it. That's we just it. Good. Like, she comes back and then we're like, we're sorry. <laughs> or sometimes I'd come back. Yeah. Also it's great modeling of like, I'm taking what I need. It is okay. great modeling. So like modeling, I know is one way that we can teach our kids to deal with anxiety. I mean, it's really the way I fall back to, but is there something else we could do outside of the moment that like a strategy we can teach our kids who are having these anxious behaviors and thoughts? Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Yeah. So like I said, I really love the validation of the emotion. I think even labeling emotion, acknowledging how your child feels is uncomfortable for parents. You don't because you want to fix it. But guess what? You can't 
fix feelings, they're supposed to be there. Fear is there because it protects us from lions and bears and dangerous things. So you can't make it go away. So you're going to have to like feel it. Right. Um, And then another thing that I really like is outside that anxiety moment, really having goals, like encouraging small steps. So if, you know, if it's math homework, that's causing a lot of anxiety, really when it's not, when at night there's no math homework, sitting down and saying like, okay, I know this is causing a lot of issues. What's our plan? Is our plan to do it right away? And then being able to watch the show. Is it to... Like you need to do two problems and we don't, we're not worrying about, I can't tell someone, don't worry about whether you get it right or wrong, because I don't know what you're good. If you're worried, then that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's okay. But maybe like you just set what steps you're going to do with your child in advance. Mm-hmm. And then you really use a lot of praise when they meet those steps. Because often what we do is when our kids are anxious, we're all over it. And then when they're not anxious and doing it fine, we just say nothing like yeah run away like I don't see it (laughs) that is true like because we we don't feel like we need to fix anything at that moment everything is going okay and Mm -hmm. right and I think that's the biggest point that so many parents but especially moms we feel like we're supposed to like you just said fix everything we're supposed Mm -hmm. to fix when our kids are unhappy we're supposed to have children that do great in school and get straight A's and are model citizens and just respect us and obey every rule in the household. And when we run into those roadblocks, we're just like, what am I doing wrong? Well, you're not doing anything wrong. It's called life. It is called life, right? (laughs) The only way around anxiety is through it. So I can give you all the skills in the world, but in the end, you're going to have to feel it. Right. You're I think, that, I think that is huge. Like, and I, I looked at Joanne because we say that a lot, like when it comes to emotions, there's no way around them. The only way is through them. And that's such healthy advice for anybody, right? In any circumstance. Yeah. If you try to bottle up your feelings and try to go around them, it, you're never going to really come out. Yes. Yeah, they'll find their ways. Right. So, <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that when I was, we took a trip to Italy and I have, I have the fear of flying, um, especially when it comes to turbulence and when the plane hit turbulence over the Atlantic, I was holding Bree's hand and basically crying in her lap. So is that like, like I was getting through my anxiety that way yeah. it was coming out as uncomfortable as it was. It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. The thing that you were afraid of did not happen. It did not so happen. One more tick in the box of times that you flew that the plane did not fall out of the sky. That that is true. That is true. All right. So you talked about how when your child's dealing with anxiety and things that you can do, encourage them. You can get through this. You, I I know that you've got this, then you disengage. You're like, all right, let's say they don't want to go to basketball practice. Mm -hmm. So you're like, you got this, you can do this. And you get in the car and you drive to basketball practice anyways. Is it helpful to also bring up all the times that they've been, not all the times, but bring up times that they've been successful to try to help trigger that memory in their head of like, yeah, I can do scary things. Or do you just kind of, do you just kind of stick with the whole disengage? I like to keep it just like a one statement kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, I know this is hard and I've seen you go to basketball practice in the past. So I know you can do it. And then when we try and do that thing as parents of proving to your kids that like everything's going to feel good, we fail. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. afterwards, when they're in the car on the way home from basketball practice and they're not anxious anymore, that's a good time to kind of process that learning. Like, oh, was it as terrible as you thought it would be? No, but it could have been. Okay, but was it this time? 
no, I guess this time was okay. Okay, so that's important that you learn that. This time wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. What if it completely fails and you go to a new basketball practice and your child just sits there on the bench next to you and refuses to participate and then quits? Like, what do you do that? The car in the way back and they're like, it was terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, when they do that, then I say, oh, but you did it. So I'm proud of you. (laughs) You you. sat there. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Optimism. Yes. Yeah. It's not even optimism. I think it's just realistic. It is. Honestly, if they're getting on, not getting off the bench and you're there, you leave. If they don't have a license, they can't follow you. You go in the car. That you don't have to deal so with that. Hard. It's hard, but you <laughs> that know, is so, parenting yeah. isn't easy, right? It's not. It's like that is the thing that needs to happen. You cannot be there sitting next to your child trying to be like, it's okay, you could do it, you could do it. Um, like I have, like for a complete hour one time, and I sh- I should have just left. Uh, but I, it was so hard in the moment because when you see your child struggling. Um, again, all those feelings that we brought up, you know, the shame, the guilt, everything. It's, it's really hard. This has been fantastic. Regine. Can you tell us something that you are excited about that you have coming up for you? Um, I will say that I'm starting to work on a parenting book for anxiety. (laughs) That is exciting. I know. I know that that is very much needed. Yeah. Wait, did you recently have a book though that came out for kids? I do. It's when Harley has anxiety. Can you tell a little bit about that one? It's a workbook for younger kids with anxiety. So like that, like four to 10 year olds. Um, mm-hmm. And it has this adorable hedgehog to help kids, um, you know, relate more to anxiety skills. And it's a workbook that really just tells kids how to face their fears. <laughs> That's wonderful. So the kids get to do it and the parents can like, uh, the, the parents aren't necessarily involved in it unless they want to be. Like it's something the kids can do. Yeah. Right. But like the older age, like kids can do it themselves. But I always like it when parents are involved in that way to see what their kids are doing and do it together. Well, that's awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the things that we can do to help our kids with anxiety. It has been a great conversation that Bree, I know Bree has enjoyed it as well. Yeah. As I, like, this is our jam. We're like, yes. let's dig into this some more. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I absolutely love that. And talking with Regine, she gave us so much good info, Bray. I know. I especially love the part about how it's not our job to fix everything. We don't have to be our kid's therapist. No. And even like her as a therapist admitting that she tends to fix things. And like, I don't know when like professionals admit that to me. I'm like, okay, I don't have to be perfect. It's not my job. Wow. It helps take away the guilt, right? We don't have to do everything for everyone. The guilt. (laughs) We don't, we don't have to do everything for everyone. We don't have to do everything to show our love for our family. No, we don't. It's totally true. So until next time, remember the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you and we will see you later. Thanks for stopping by. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. 
Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 